Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? You good, everybody? Awesome. Hey, I know that Kurt welcomed you a moment ago, but I want to welcome you as well. My name is Kenny. I'm the campus pastor, and it really does mean a lot. If you're a guest, it means so much that you give us one hour of your time today. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And let me just give a shout out to Kurt, because I heard last Sunday, he knocked it out of the park and uh, did so good. I'll tell you what, what I love about him and, and, and when he speaks and communicates, the, just the, um, he's just so genuine, and I think his love for Jesus is so simple that it's just contagious, and I love hearing him speak. I really do. And I want to give a shout-out to you guys as well because um, uh, the stockings that you picked up last Sunday is for Pink Elementary, which we partner with, and I know you've heard all about that. The Pink Party is coming up, and those stockings for all the little boys and girls. We thought we had enough stockings for all all, everyone coming to all three services here. And between the first service and you guys, you took every stocking. So I don't know if that's good or it makes you greedy, but I like it. So you did awesome. So make sure you bring those uh, next Sunday and uh, we'll be able to bless all of those kids. Uh, like I said, I wasn't here last week. We, uh, my family and I went to Alabama to be with family. We needed to be with them uh, for different reasons. And it was so good. We usually don't do that over Thanksgiving, but I'm glad we did. And uh, we always make memories as well when we do travel. And my favorite memory over this uh, past week, we were actually driving home. It didn't even, my favorite memory didn't even happen in Alabama. Uh, we, on Friday, we left the big vacation spot of Satsuma, Alabama. And we were actually in my truck uh, for this ride. So my three kids were loving this trip in the back of a truck with a dog, by the way. Uh, so it was crazy town, but we, we did it. And we have this tradition when we're coming home on I-10 that we also stop in the vacation metroplex of Sulphur, Louisiana. There's one little, oh, somebody from Sulphur? It's okay, be proud. And uh, there's this one little spot where the Cane's restaurant that we always stop at, there's a little Chili's. It's just where we stop on the way home to eat. And we're coming back in the truck. Everybody's ready to get out of the truck and get some leg space. So we stop in Cane's and we usually go inside the restaurant to eat, of course, but we couldn't because we had our miniature schnauzer with us. And so we took turns kind of going in, making our order, coming out. And we were like, you know what, let's just eat outside. So we're parked right beside the drive-thru, which stays super busy. We're parked right beside the drive-thru. We drop the tailgate on the truck and everybody gets in the back of the truck with the miniature schnauzer, eating canes. It was amazing. What topped it off, though, is there is a song that my family has on repeat in the house out loud. And we thought, We've got to have that song right now. We've got to have that song. So pull out our phone and as loud as we could play it by Blake Shelton, God's country. It was awesome. It was as country in Alabama as you could get. And it was amazing. Now, that story has nothing to do with what I want to tell you about today, but I thought it was a great story. Um, and I do encourage you, this holiday season is known as the most stressful, many times the loneliest season for Americans, which is, which is kind of wild, isn't it? Uh, so I encourage you to keep your eyes open that maybe your best moment this, is, this season won't be the ones you think that it will be, it might actually surprise you. And it's one that you'll never forget. So I do encourage you to do that. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned a moment ago that we really needed to go home to be with family for different reasons I won't share with you. Maybe uh, I will later on, but, but not now. Um, at the beginning of November, uh, there were three days in a row for my family. 
that we get just got hit with um, news of uncertainty. We got hit with bad news. We got hit with news of, oh my gosh, what's happening? Um, it was literally three days in a row, bam, bam, bam. And I don't know if you are what you would consider going through a tough time in life right now, like a storm in life. I'll tell you this, what the Bible says is that either you are about to go into a storm, you're either in a storm or you're just leaving a storm of life right now. That's what the Bible says. And so if you're leaving a storm right now, catch your breath because another one's coming. Welcome to the bridge. I hope that encourages you. This is the life we live as, as human beings. And we are just entering a storm of life right now. And it was at the beginning of November. And the third time on the third day, back to back to back, I just kind of went, okay, God, none of us are living in sin. So I know it's not discipline. Uh, this, this something else is going on and I don't know what is going on. And that night, I actually just made a decision. I said, hey, listen, for, for the next several, several weeks, I'm just going to fast. Now, obviously, it wasn't food. I mean, we're eating canes in the back of a pickup truck. I ain't going to miss my cane sauce. But I, I did pick some things in my life that I thought, you know what, though? I could do without that, and I could do without that. And all fasting is, by the way, if you don't know you know, what's fasting, it's just basically taking some things out of your life to tell God that you're hungrier to hear from him than you are for that thing. And it can be anything. It can be social media, whatever you just want to, just, just for a while, put it on the shelf and just give focused attention to God. Well, I made that decision on November the 8th with God. And in my, in my phone, I took out my notepad in my phone and I was like, tomorrow will be day one. So I just went ahead and wrote day one and I wrote the date, November the 9th. The next morning at 7.30 a.m., I get a phone call. Now, the phone call is from my uncle who lives in Alabama. We have always been close. We are close. But he and my cousins, his kids, been going through a lot of stuff over the past several years. So we literally have not talked on the phone for two years. Crazy. Just, just very unusual for us. But he calls me at 7.30 in the morning. I answer, I'm sitting in the big green chair in our, in our living room, and I see that it's him, and I went, hey, Uncle Marks, and he went, hey, man, what's going on? So we just kind of catch up because it's been so long. Then he says these words, I just felt like I needed to share this scripture with you. This is the scripture he shared with me, James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Blessed is the man or woman who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. He said, I just thought you needed that. I was like, Day one, James one, I'm on that. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I get it. Oh, God, thank you for speaking to me this morning after a night that I just had with you. You're so good. And so I'm just keeping journals of this, right? Now, here's why I love what we're going to talk about today. Next Sunday, we are starting a series called Stuck. If you 
feel stuck in a heartbreak situation, if you are stuck in, in a place uh, relationally, if you feel stuck financially, if you feel stuck in life and you don't know where God is, it's like he's not listening to you. You even wonder if he knows your name. This is the series for you. It starts next Sunday. And I don't know if Kurt mentioned or not. I wasn't in here. I was in uh, First Step. But they're actually cards that you're going to get on your way out to invite someone who you know is stuck. That if they're going through a hard time, this is the series for them. Now, I actually had another message planned for today. On Thursday, I was thinking about this, this verse of James 1, and I just felt like we're just going to talk today. That's all we're going to talk. It's not a sermon. We're just going to talk. And uh, if I had a message title for today, though, it would be this, the pre-stuck message before the stuck series. So that's what today is. It's about being pre-stuck, and then next Sunday when you get here, we'll all be stuck together, okay? Here's why I love what we're going to talk about, perspective. See, because when you go through a stuck season of life, you need perspective. And I just opened up James 1 on Thursday and Friday and last night, just kind of making some notes about what we're going to talk about, and that's all I want to do. I want to walk through this passage. I'll tell you a story at the very end, and then we'll be done we're going to invite our friends, and we're going to be stuck next Sunday. So here's, here's what we're going to talk about today. In James chapter 1, let me kind of walk through this with us, and I think, I think it'll really encourage us with perspective. The very first word is the word, can we say it all together if you don't mind? Consider. That word literally means this, first thought. Hopefully you can read my handwriting, it's okay. First thought. He says, let your first thought. Let your first thought, let your leading thought when you are about to go through a hard time or if you're in a hard time, let your first thought be joy. <laughs> now, can we just put the pen down and go, who does that? Like who does that? When you get the news, when you get the diagnosis, when you get let go, when she walks out, when it happens to your kid, What's your first thought? I think we all are in the same boat at times in our life. Maybe you're different. First thought is, God, did you just see what happened? God, you're going to fix this, right? God, you're going to give the cure, right? God, you're going to come through, right? God, why are you letting this happen? What's going on? Hey, God, God, that, that's usually our first thought. Here's what he says. Let your leading thought, your first thought be joy. Now, we would look at him and go, dude, you're crazy. Who's writing this? James, James, is that his name? James, you're crazy. And he would be like, I was the half-brother of Jesus. I don't care. You're crazy. Only a lunatic would consider hard times with a leading thought of having joy. Now, because what you're going through, you'd want to give to James and go, I, uh, here's what I'm going through. And let me go ahead and tell you, I need a different version Write me a different version that doesn't say that. Well, let me also bring to mind who he's writing to. He is saying this to a group of Jews who found Jesus to be the Messiah. They give their life to him, sell completely out for Jesus. He changes their life. And then in a matter of months, they are running for their lives. They are being persecuted and martyred. 
And they are literally running into caves. They're running into valleys. They're running down roads. It's called the diaspora. They were spread out all over the region, running literally for their lives. James is writing a letter going, hey, listen, I know some of you are losing your loved ones because of the name of Jesus, but here's what I want you to do. Let your leading thought be joy. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm just guessing nobody in this room is running for their life. So whatever you're going through, it's going to fall under what these people are going through. And James is going, I'm just telling you, just listen to what I'm telling you. And it will give you joy in somehow having this perspective. And he goes on and he says this, consider, let your leading thought be joy, my brothers and sisters. When you, this is such an interesting word, fall into trials of various kinds. The word fall, when it says fall, it literally means that you have found yourself in the center and in the middle of something and you feel surrounded by it. That's what it means. You didn't ask for it. You might not even seen it coming, but you immediately, like you fall into the middle of it and you're like, what's happening? And you're surrounded by it. That's what this is. And then he says, when you face, and here's the word, trials of various kinds. The word various is like the word kaleidoscope or multicolored. Anybody, when you were in elementary school, you didn't want the 16 box of crayons. You wanted the 147 box of crayons with colors you'll never use. That's the one you wanted. Here's what James is saying. That's the box of trials. Every color you can think of. Now, whenever you read scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, you will actually be able to take any trial you're going through in your life. And you can put it into one or four of these categories. And to make it easy, I just made them all start with a D. One is delay. You may be going through something and there's just a delay. It's like God is on pause and there's a delay. And you're like, God, when are you going to come through? God, when are you going to do something? Um, remember the Israelites actually traveled for 40 years in the desert. When you read the book of Deuteronomy, God actually says, you are wondering because I am testing your faith. Uh, here's one. Uh, dollars is another one. When you read the Old Testament, New Testament, God tests you with the money that he has given you. Now, I talked about that several different uh, uh, weeks ago, so I don't want to go over that, but it's all throughout Scripture that you can be tested financially as to whether you depend on him or you depend on green dead presidents. Uh, another one is actually the demands of God, that there are times when God asks you to do something that scares the daylights out of you. And you don't want to do it. Why? Because you can't see the future. And since you can't see the future, now you're being tested. Are you going to follow him or are you not? Abraham would be a great example of this. When God told Abraham, he goes, I want, to, I want you to follow me to a land I'll show you. And he's like, can you give me a little bit more information than that? He goes, nope. That's all you're going to get. This is what I'm asking you to do. Why? I'm testing your faith. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. And then the last one, if you're, what you're going through doesn't fit in there, then the last D is just difficulty. It could be relational. It could be a family difficulty that you're going through. It could be a diagnosis you just received. That'd be another D actually. I mean, it could be something in your life that again, it just stresses you out and it's just a part of life, but God is using that in incredible ways. Now, here's what he says. Consider it uh, all joy, my brothers, when you fall into, hang on to this right here, by the way, because I'm gonna come back to that at the very end to trials of various kinds. Now, here's why this is important, because he's about to tell us exactly how God defines a trial. I don't know about you, but I want to know how God defines a trial. 
Not how I define a trial, but how does God define this word that we actually use in our life? Here's how God defines a trial. For you know that the testing of your faith. How does God define a trial? It is a test of one thing, your faith. That's how God defines a trial in your life. I'm testing your faith. Now, the reason that God does this is because he's looking for something to happen in our life. It's not just to do it. It's like he's doing something in our life. It's testing our faith. Now, people tell me that if you go to the gym and pick up weights, over and over and over, something happens to your muscles. But it's interesting. You can't go in the gym and pick up the same weights, doing the same reps, and expect different results. You go into a gym. Now, watch how this happens. You go into a gym, you lift weights, and then what do you do with your muscles? You give it a break. And then you come back later on, after a few days, you don't pick up the same weights. You pick up more weights. You stress them, you stress them, you stress them, and then what do you do? You give it a break. Then you come back in a few days, you get more weights, you stress them, you stress them, you stress them. Faith is the exact same way with God. He puts you in stressful situations. Faith, come on, 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 come on. Okay, all right, let the storm stop. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let the storm stop. And this is where the rub is, right here. The rub comes from us between the trial and when our faith is tested. Here's why. Because we all want comfort in life. We as, as people, as human beings, we seek comfort. And when there's pain, we have one goal, take the pain away, right? Just take the pain away. I don't care what it costs. I don't care who I need to see. I don't care what needs to happen. Take the pain away. Why? We want to escape the testing that we don't even know that's taking place. We just want to get out of the trial. So take the pain away. So our prayer is more like this. God, 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 make it stop. Just make it stop. God, hurry up. And what if he doesn't? And that's where God's going, I'm testing your faith. And we go, but don't you see? Everything's falling apart. God, from his perspective, I know. Your faith is being tested. God, did you just see the diagnosis we got? Yeah. Your faith is being tested. God, aren't you listening to my prayers in this moment of life? Yep. Your faith is being tested. Why would God do that? Great question. The testing of your faith produces something, steadfastness. The result of testing your faith is, and only for space, I'm going to abbreviate, is steadfastness. Another word is endurance, that the testing of your faith is endured. Now, if you've ever talked with someone who loves God and is going through a hard time, you walk away from that conversation going, I don't know if I could do what they're doing. How are they going through this in their life? Because here's what steadfastness and endurance looks like. Are you ready? God, you seem distant, you seem silent, and it seems like you don't care. I won't let go of you. I won't stop believing. Keep talking to me. That's what that looks like. God, this is uncertain. 
this could end up really bad. This could be a shattered dream. I won't stop believing you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to keep studying you. That's what steadfastness looks like. Can I be honest? That's where most people bail on God. At that phase right there. They don't want to push through. They don't want to go through it. So instead of hanging on to God, they start making deals with God. This is where the bargaining begins with God. God, if you do this, then I'll go be a missionary in Africa. And God's like, good Lord, I don't want to send you there. That, you'd mess up everything I'm doing in Africa. But this is where the bargaining begins. God, you come through, then fill in your blank. Fill in your blank. And what's funny about bargaining with God is this. Can you imagine from God's perspective? Can you imagine? God, you heal them. And I'll go to church every Sunday. Oh, well, thank you. That, that's awesome. God, you come through and I will give and give and give to those in need. Oh, wow. Awesome. Think about bargaining from God's perspective. And God is like, I don't need your stuff. I don't need your bargaining chip. I don't play that way. But you're being tested. And I want to know what your faith is all about. See, this part right here of steadfastness, watch this. Let, let. This is your role in a trial right here. If you want to know, well, what do I, what do I have to do? You let. You let, watch, at this point in a trial, you will either do this. You get to choose. God, I cannot believe, I thought you, God, I don't. That will be your perspective or you will. I don't know what's happening, but I'm gonna let you do what only you can do. I don't hear you, why aren't you? God, you may not ever speak into this but I'm gonna let you do what only you can do. This is my request. This is what I'm asking. But if you don't answer it the way I'm asking, I'm gonna let you be God and I will not take your seat in this storm of life that I'm in. You let. Why is that important? Great question. Let, here it is again, steadfastness have its, can we say these two words together right here? Full effect. And we go, well, what is a full effect? I'm glad you asked. He tells you. Full effect that you may be perfect. It's three things. That you may be perfect, that you may be complete, and that you may lack nothing. That is full effect. Perseverance. Now, you go, well, what does that look like? Here's what that looks like. The person who remains steadfast, enduring, and persevering under a trial, they will eventually come to a point in the trial where they understand something. God, you've all I've got and you've all I need. You're it. You want to know why? Isn't it easy to love God when he's giving you a bunch of stuff? And if you're not careful, that will be why you love God. And God knows this. So our prayers, when they start as, God, I love you because you have given, gone. God, I trust in you because you have provided, gone. What do you do when the things you have loved God for are gone? And God is like, let's find out together. 
will you remain with me? And in doing so, you become complete. I love that word, and that's the word I actually want to use. Complete is the next step in this process with God. Kind of running out of room on here. Um, Complete. Complete. The word complete means whole. That your faith is in him and him alone. Not all of his stuff, but in him alone. And then it says this, lacking nothing. And here's this such a cool word, blessed. It means highly favored. Happy is the man. Blessed is the man or woman who remains steadfast. So that person who remains here is the person who is blessed who remains steadfast, I'm not moving. He's silent, but I'm not moving. It seems like he doesn't love me, but I'm not moving. Under trial, for when he has stood the, bingo, test. He goes back to the beginning. When he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. What is the end for this man or this woman or this student? Watch out. I'm creative, people. You better watch out. I had Starbucks this morning. Life. Now, here's what's interesting. We don't know a whole lot about this crown of life. It's mentioned here, and it's mentioned in the very last part of the Bible, Revelation, the freaky book. It's mentioned in that one. And it's interesting how it's mentioned. It's actually mentioned, it gives this perspective of when life is done. Life is over. And you really start living. It's like life in eternity, but God has his moment with this individual, for this woman, for this man who went through times in their life when everything, everything told them he doesn't love you. Everything told them he doesn't care about you, but they refused to believe that and they choose, they chose to believe him because of his character, not because of his, not because of his stuff, but because of who he is. There is this moment with God that God calls that person's name and says, come here, come here. You did not abandon me when millions of others did. You trusted me when you couldn't even see me. You believed me even when the darkest moments of your life, you were wondering about me. Come here. And he calls your name and he gives you this thing called the crown of life. You wanna know why I love that it says the crown of life? Because in the midst of a trial, you feel like you're dying. That's why. You feel like that all of your dreams are dying. Your future plans, gone, dead. And God is like, in those moments, for those who keep their faith in me, I'm just telling you, there's a day coming, you receive a crown of life and all that entails. A crown of life. Now, he ends this in a way that none of us would end this, by the way. Because he says, the crown of life, which God has promised to those who, and we would think this, he, oh, he's going to end it the same way he started. Those who have faith in him, but that's not how he ends it. We would think he would end it with another steadfast for those who were steadfast in him. He throws a word in he hasn't used the whole time. For those who, can we say this word together? Love him. Maybe. Maybe. The whole reason for a trial in your life It's for God to know, do you really love me? Do you really 
love me? Me. Just me. Do you love me? I want to know. I want to know. Do you love me? You know, what's, what's crazy about this is when you talk to someone who is spiritually mature, what is spiritual maturity? They're complete. It's not that they serve a whole lot. It's not that they've memorized a bunch of the Bible. It, it's, it's that their faith is in God, period, in him. When you talk to someone, it just, it just kind of shakes you and you go, golly, man, I got a long way to go. At least that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Last week, I put this in my journal too. And what I'm about to tell you, you're going to think I'm crazy. But to be honest, I don't care because I really am. Um, but I wasn't on medication or anything. That's important to throw in at this point. Um, I have this dream. And this is the important part. In my life, my wife will tell you, I've had some crazy dreams where God has, has spoken to me. Just crazy. Just crazy, crazy. Doesn't happen all the time. But when it happens, I know what, I know what happens. I remember I um, heard about a friend of mine who lives in a different state. Um, he went to the doctor for just a regular checkup. He's in ministry as well. Went to the doctor for a regular checkup, thinking everything's good. I'll go in, get the checkup, and go out. You know, I'm 50 or whatever, and it's time for all of that. And, and then the doctor sits him down and says, here's the deal. Okay. Wasn't quite ready for that. Um, uncertainty, yeah. Fear, absolutely. All of that. Now, I didn't reach out to him at the time. I probably should have, but I thought that dude is being bombarded with people and I'm just going to give it some space and I'll reach out later and all of this. And I remember having a dream. This is how my dream went. I remember standing at this intersection and there was a street light over this part of the intersection. And in this intersection, he comes in and we're standing there together. My friend, we're standing there together. And in a moment, we are completely surrounded in this black cloud. It was crazy. We could see each other. We could see clearly inside of the cloud. Came out of nowhere. We're looking at each other going, you all right? You okay? You okay? And then we start going, man, what, what's going on? What what's happening to you? What's happening to you? We just kind of share our stories. It's like this. And I remember in my dream going, God, what's happening? And there was just this voice that said, your faith is being tested. That was it. That was it. I wake up. It's like 3 a.m. I'm like, I'm on texting. No, I don't need to do that. I hate when people do that to me. So I waited till the morning and I texted him. I said, hey, man, I know I haven't reached out, but I've heard what's happening. I just want you to know I love you, yada, yada. And I go, dude, this is going to sound crazy. But I had a dream about us last night. And I shared with him the dream. And I just said, I hope it encourages you. He responds back to me and he goes, thank you so much. It does encourage me greatly. And then he wrote these words. He skipped a, skipped a couple of spaces. And then this was his text to me. God did not do this to me. He did it for me. I just sat there and looked at my text. Copied, put it in my journal for that day. Let your first thought. God's in this for me. Let your leading thought be one of joy. God, you're going to use it. God, you're for me. You did not do this to me. 
you somehow, some way did it for me. Now, if you're in that situation, you might be wondering, well, what do I do? Because, man, you are like, this is like, man, you're reading my emails or my, man, this is crazy. What's great about these verses is I skipped like three verses that are really important because James just kind of stops and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You might need to know what to do if you're in that situation. And he actually tells you in verse five, here's what you do if you're in that situation. James 1, 5. If any of you lacks, what's the word? Wisdom. You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. The word wisdom just simply means seeing life the way God sees life. That's wisdom. You're gonna see life the way God sees life. And can we just admit, we don't see life the way he sees life. We don't value the things that he values. We may have moments, but he's different than us. He thinks different than us. He sees differently than us. And it's okay in the midst of a, a trial or a test to just stop and go, God, I'm asking for a way out. I'm asking you to heal. I'm asking you to provide. I'm asking for another job. And we should say all those things. But at the end of the day, we go, but more than anything, I just want wisdom from you. Don't stop speaking to me. That's what I'm asking for. That is wisdom. And that is the role that we play. So let me ask you, you want to have a hard time right now? Like the deans? No one escapes it. Your role is the same as my role. God, today, I need a word from you. What is it today? Why? Because when it's all said and done, I want you to know I love you. Really, I love you. And you have been so good. That's my prayer. Right? Sorry. Let's pray. God, thank you for this place. We fly the banners, no perfect people allowed. So we can talk about things that are real. God, we have fun, but it's so good to just talk about real life because we believe we serve a real God who is perfect and so good. And it's why you want us to call you Father, not just some distant God, not a creator being, but you're our Father. And I'm grateful that you value faith. I'm grateful that you value love towards you. And God, the way you want to see that and produce that is just honestly not how we would produce that in our life. So give us wisdom to see life the way that you see it. And that it's not what you do to us. It's really what you're doing for us. And let us allow you to work however you want to work in our lives. So the end of the day, we would love you more. In your name I pray, amen.